afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of Down the Line. The finals are in full swing. We've had one weekend. And, well, it hasn't just been in finals, though. It's been a massive day in the footy world. And here to discuss, back from his week off, is the Eagles fan, Dylan Matthews, mate. Uh, how you going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, it's a pretty overwhelming day for an uh, overwhelming week, actually, overall uh, in the footy world. There's a lot to uh, a lot to get through today, in today's episode. And, um, yeah, and, uh, and stories, not necessarily positive stories at all in, uh, in all walks of the footy world, really. For sure. I mean, we'll get on to everything that happened today and in the weekend as well. But we'll just start with um the scores from the round. And it was a very interesting first week of the finals. I mean, there was only one real close game in the end. West Coast did what many thought they would and flogged the Bombers by 55 over there up to Stadium a week ago today. Uh, Geelong lost to the Pies. They um weren't, you know, they were beaten at the start and in the end um couldn't quite come back into it. So Collingwood by 10 points there. The Giants had a 58-point win over the Bulldogs, a very surprising result there. And the last one, Brisbane could not get come, translate their permanent away form into the first peak of the finals, getting done easy by Richmond by 47 points. But the footy's not where we start today, or the um, games are not where we start today, Dylan. It's uh, the news from Hanging of Adelaide, and it's uh, Dom Pike has stepped down as Adelaide Crows coach, mate. What's your immediate thoughts? Yeah, it was uh, obviously interesting interesting news from, from Westlake. So I did hear whispers, whispers of it last week, obviously. Did um, you, mate? The newsbreaker? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a newsbreaker early on the story there. Um, but I didn't, didn't think it had much substance to it, but uh, obviously did. Um, and I think I think some, a lot of Crows fans around Adelaide especially, they're, they're not too disappointed with the news. I think they really need something fresh to come through the club, uh, be it a se- older senior coach or a young and emerging coach. But I, I just think, uh, we obviously... Things weren't gelling down at Westlake. So obviously, with players wanting to leave and players not playing their best footy throughout the year, um, so it could it could certainly be positive for the Crows going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Don Pike's tenure at the Crows was relatively successful. I mean, his sixty percent win rate took him to a grand final. He was very um, you know, very solid there. But in the end, I think the last two years have shown that you know he probably wasn't not the right man for this club. At the moment, I mean, you could tell sort of towards the end of the season, the players weren't really playing with that same passion and hunger. And something obviously needed to change in that regard. I think Don Pike, but in the end, just probably lost the um, faith of the players. I mean, the whole camp and things like that, that's probably where it all started to go pear-shaped for him. He doesn't seem like, you know, he's a very smart guy and everything, which doesn't seem like he's, you know, that rule leader of men, which many of those successful coaches have. So I think, yeah, he's probably just failed in that regard. But, you know, it's definitely not a failed Senior coaching um, stint for Don Pike. I mean, obviously, as I said before, 60% win rate. Best in Adelaide Crows history. And he did a fantastic job for those first two years, but in the end, just uh, couldn't quite get it done. And uh, obviously, the question does remain. It's, it's always when these coach sackings happen, um, the shot comes, and then the biggest sort of talking point is who's going to be the next coach of the Crows. Um, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of names thrown up early. Obviously, Michael Voss... Um, Ross Lyon, Brad Scott being thrown up, but a couple of younger uh, coaches, Scotty Burns and Ben Rutten, are uh, the emerging favourites at this stage. Um, yeah, something like those at the moment. Sam, what are you, what are you looking like? Do you think you go the experience, or you go try something new from you know players from coaches from successful club? It's interesting because yeah, Ben Rutten obviously was a Crows player, went over to Richmond and coached there, was very successful. Um, lots of people talking, um, you know, talking him up at. 
Essendon as well, who's pretty much primed to take over John Warsaw. I think that's where they're sort of headed in that regard. So as you see what they do, I mean, they've gone down that sort of older coach path the last two selections. I've seen Phil Walsh and Don Pike, and it seemed like it's gone pretty well for them. I mean, obviously Don Pike didn't work out, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting one. Um, whether I, I feel like Ben Rutten is probably the man at this stage. I mean, I think he's built his... Um, he's a very, very good defensive coach. I mean, that's probably where the game's sort of headed at the moment, that sort of defensive, setting up your game in that sort of um, light. So I think that's probably where Adelaide should be looking. But at the same time, Scott Burns has been a classy assistant for a very long time as well. So he's someone that will certainly get a look in as well. I'm not a huge fan of Michael Voss, to be honest. I don't think he's really... Um, the man Adelaide should be looking at. Um, Ross Lyon, well, he's another name he's been thrown around, as you said. Um, man, I still think Ross has a bit to offer in uh, the coachings of Capo. I know you have bigger opinions on Ross the boss, but um, I think he, he could do a relatively good job. So if they go that younger route, I reckon Rutten or Burns, but the older guy could be uh, Ross Lyon out of there. Even David Noble is another one I'm not minding from um, where is he sitting at the mound, like tw 26 bucks. I think he's uh could be one that the Crows look at. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm certainly not keen on, uh, at Ross Lyon again ever sort of coaching at senior. I think he's just too much of a negative senior coach, and you know, it's been proven his uh, his method of coaching doesn't stand up on the big stage, and I don't think it ever will. Um, I think he's too much of a stubborn coach to even change his way significantly as well. So I think, and I think teams know that now, and I think he will take on take on a probably a plum role with the AFL or in development somewhere. Um, and I just don't even think he would probably even have the desire to coach in the near future. But, yeah, like you say, um, I think one of these younger coaches is probably the way to go. Um, you know, Carlton have done it with Key. They've given the crap. Uh, Reece Shaw at North Melbourne. I think the Crows will probably go down that path. Yeah, I think Ben Rutten for sure is the man at the moment for the Adelaide Crows. Interesting times ahead at West Lakes. I mean, obviously, with players wanting to go out and things like that. So, with this review too. So, yeah, no, without a doubt, will be interesting. But we'll go on now to the other big news of the day, and it affects your boys, Dylan Matthews. Your finals, the Eagles finals campaign, has really suffered a massive blow today. I mean, recently, in the last hour or so, it's been uh, broken that Willie Rioli has failed a drug test, um, performance dancing drugs, and he. Well, he certainly won't be playing again this final series and his next couple of seasons looking down, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's horrible news for a player. Young player who's really found his feet at AFL level, mature age pick-up. But it looks like, well, from reading between the lines, we obviously don't have the full information yet, but it looks as though he's made a poor error, um, which just shouldn't be happening in this day and age. As a professional footballer, high-paid, you know the rules. Um, you know, in recent, years, uh, recent times with uh, Sam Murray, obviously, and all the stuff that happened to Essendon, you think he'd be right on top of that sort of thing. But reading the last five minutes, um, the AFL has stood him down. So he's been stood down from AFL footy uh, indefinitely, suspended indefinitely. So he's certainly going to be out for the rest of the year and the next couple of years, like you say, in big doubt. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a shame. He's an extremely talented footballer. We all know that um, really Rioli's done some special things. He had some had some great moments on the weekend as well, did uh, old Willie. So, it's, yeah, it's just surprising to see this happen. And for West Coast, who you know, play, were looking like they're peaking you know, pretty well at the right time, it's just an absolute shock to their finals campaign. And really, it could throw the team off um, off you know, off what could have been a back-to-back premiership, mate. What's your uh, thoughts on how it affects West Coast as a whole? Oh, it affects us massively. Obviously, he brings so much to that forward line, that forward pressure, that class. You know, even his, like, he, like his uh, cousin, mate, Rio, uh, Cyril, they always said he didn't have to touch the ball 
much to have much of an impact, and that's exactly what Willie is like. He kicks one or two goals a game, but you know, like I say, that forward pressure and those little finesse sort of touches uh, around goal, which often result in goals, are, are crucial. Um, alongside alongside Jamie Cripps and Liam Ryan, obviously has been uh, a massive part of our success over the last couple of years, so it's a massive blow. And uh, I don't know who they're even going to bring in. You know, are they going to bring in Venables? I probably wouldn't be. Joe um, Cameron? Uh, not not Venables, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. Cameron, I think Cameron will probably be coming in, but he doesn't deserve a spot after having five touches in the waffle on the weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously West Coast do have the other um, small forward options there in the team at the moment. I mean, Liam Ryan and Jamie Cripps are both all class. So it's not like you guys are completely you know, shot in that department. You still have some class down there as well. And I think Willie, obviously Willie is a very, very good player and he will, you know, obviously going to miss him. But... I think in the way that works for the West Coast team sort of set up, it's more of a you know next man di- next man up kind of scenario for them. I mean, obviously, yeah, as I said, Willie is a fantastic player, but I think that it probably won't affect them all that much um, tomorrow night. I mean, obviously, yeah, he can do his special things, but Liam Ryan as well is a very very special player, and things yeah, he's man, it just comes up to him standing up now on the big stage. Can he do it? Um, who knows? But Jamie Cripps as well back into form, so I wouldn't be too worried in terms of, you know, this week and the next couple of weeks. But, you know, coming into that next season and things like that, he was you know, a star of the future for the West Coast Eagles. So that's definitely, if you don't get him back, you know, maybe potentially ever, it could just be absolutely disastrous. Or especially all these, high, like you say, high-paying footballers, they're in, at the end of the day, they're in such a cushy job. I know it's not easy at times, but they, they get paid a big bucks so and they just to be on top of those sort of things. For sure, it's um definitely stupid there from uh Willie Rioli. No one's um questioning that, and well, hopefully for his sake, he um you know learns from this, comes back, and becomes a better footballer than he was before. But yeah, we see it's uh, shadow news for the Eagles, and can definitely could potentially derail their whole finals campaign. Right, let's hope not. Let's hope not. For sure, we'll move on now. Obviously, to the games, and yeah, it was a big. Um, it's, a, it's a big weekend this week. I mean, semi-final week, you know, you get two sides who performed well last week and two sides who didn't perform well. So, you know, yet um, it's a very, very interesting dynamic, I reckon, semi-final weekend. It's one of the most underrated weekends in the AFL um, season. And it all kicks off tomorrow night with Geelong and West Coast, as we said before. Huge game. The Eagles are flying after that um, huge win against the Bombers. And Geelong, well, their four finals form continued. Last week, mate. Um, initial thoughts heading into this one as an Eagles fan. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, it's never going to be easy uh, coming to Melbourne, travelling to Melbourne. No, we've got a good record here. Um, I certainly would rather be playing uh, Geelong over Collingwood, despite our history over in recent years. But um, it's going to be a cracking game. Um, we seem to, in the industry, we seem to really build up those elimination final winners whilst really sort of trying to knock down the... Uh, qualifying final losers. It happens every year, um, rightly or wrongly, but uh, I think the game will be a lot closer than some uh, pundits are believing at this stage. I'm hearing all these stories that West Coast are a certainty and they can't be beaten and this sort of thing, but I just think it's going to be an absolute cracker at the G tomorrow night. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got um, rings that uh, 2017 semi final between Geelong and Sydney. The signs are flying at the time. Geelong had just come off a Poor loss against the big Melbourne club at the MCG in a qualifying final. Everyone was, you know, saying the Swans were a certainty and um, they the Swans were a certainty and the Cats when I ended up going out there just tearing it to pieces. So I'm sure that the Cats will be, will be fired up and they'll have that in the back of their mind as well. I mean, they'll be able to 
you know, they'll probably go back and watch that tape, be like, yep, we can do this. So I think, yeah, I think many are riding off the Cats a bit too early. I'm, I'm big on the Eagles. I think I think they will win, but, you know, to say they're an absolute certainty is just um, dead false, I think, at this stage. And uh, speaking of certainties, I'll tell you one certainty for this week, and that is certainly Stanley coming back into that side. Oh, yeah, that um, was stupid, gonna, wasn't it? We're going to find that in the next probably hour and a half, uh, hour, hour and a half if he actually is named, but... That's just poor from Scott. Like he was trying, I just think he's trying to be a hero there. I'm trying to be too clever. Um, who, how can you ever think it's a good idea to bring out a... Well, I know Stanley struggles and he hasn't got a good finals record, but he's an athletic ruckman coming up against the most athletic ruckman in the AFL uh, in Grundy. Um, you know, the hardest to come up against. You're putting your full back on him. <laughs> All Australians got full back on Grundy. Um, just stupid. Very stupid. For sure. And they were torn apart through that area of the ground in the first half last um, last week. And that really cost them the game. I mean, having Blitzhoffers in the ruck as well, it just, you know, took that stability out of the Cats' defence. And they got shown up big time. Um, all those players, you know, Stevenson, Jamie Elliott, they were they were huge. Um, and I said to Lewis last week that they were probably going to be the difference, that small um, that small Collingwood forward line. And yeah, they're just absolutely, they're breathtaking, the Pies, and when, when they're on. And that's why I reckon I've got them for the flag at the moment. I just really like what they do in the middle as well. Brody Grundy is just an absolute beast. He really showed his class on the weekend too. So, yeah, the Cats were just dealt a massive blow and... Really, it looked like they were all, all done at half time, and um, one man almost won it for him, didn't he? Yeah, the danger show. He really lifted in that second half, and when he kicked that goal in the last quarter, you know, it was suddenly ten points, and everyone's thinking far out. Like this game is actually on with four, four or five minutes to go. It's two kicks. Um, in the end, Collingwood did prove too strong, but the scoreboard really didn't do the do the game justice at all. But is, is, is that a positive sign for Geelong? Like they they got hammered and still only they got hammered all in every half of the game basically and lost by ten points. For sure, and I mean one man as well. Um, yeah, see, I criticised Dangerous One's record on the show last week, and uh, he certainly proved me wrong. That's for sure. But one man who um did struggle and he has struggled a lot over recent times is uh the the old Australian Tom Hawkins who. You know, he's, he's, he's not kicked a goal like three of the last four games or something. Um, has the big tomahawk. He was a non-factor um, in that Collingwood game. Missed a crucial goal as well with about 40 seconds to go. That would have put the ball back in the middle and given the Cats a chance to win it at the death. So he's he's he's, he's got a big, big week ahead of him and he's under all sorts of pressure. Yeah, he's under massive pressure. I think it's gone a month now without kicking a sausage roll. Um, and you know, out all the weeks to try and get back into form in a final, coming up against the West Coast defence, uh, you know, McGovern, Barras, Hearn, Shepard, it's never going to be easy. Um, we generally don't have, we as in West Coast, generally don't have uh, big bags of gold apart from Buddy Franklin sort of kicking against us, so it's, it's going to be difficult for him again. Um, but yeah, you hardly ever see Hawkins go a week without kicking goal, but to go three, four weeks in a row is uh, remarkable. He kind of has Cinderella story written all over it, though. You know, the comeback story. He struggled for the last few weeks, and um, the Cats are struggling. He needs to step up and gets the hardest defense, and he, he does. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's kind of got that sort of vibe to it. That's sort of what I'm thinking could happen at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and kicks four or five and it's the match winner because he's, he's due. Like, as, as I mate Louis says, he's due. So, you know... I reckon that could be that's only something West Coast has to worry about. Because if he has a big one, the Cats are certainly looking good there. Um, from West Coast perspective, I mean, last week was just 
I mean, it, it, it pretty much went like clockwork. They, they did what they were supposed to do. They kind of, you know, took their foot off the gas for a bit in that third quarter, let the bounce back into it a little bit, but then the last quarter again, flexed their muscles um, massively, copped that semi-final berth, and now they're in the massive shot. Um, who impressed you most in that game? There was one player who really stood out, and I think he stood out for a lot of people, and that was the big dreadlock, Nick Nadanui. He played 50% game time, and just he was probably the second best player on the ground, still from that 50%. Um, the, the, how much he gave those midfielders in the middle of the ground Made it so easy, like clearances, um, just straight down the chest of Sherry on a number of occasions. I think he scored 42 points directly as a result of... Um, uh, Nick Nanui. Of Nick Nanui, I think there was a stat on the weekend. Um, just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the big flying Fijian was just, yeah, the, he makes that West Coast Eagles midfield just... Walks so much taller. I mean, Luke Shuey straight down the throat, as you said. He's just, it's just such a big impact. And I mean, if he can stay fit, he plays you know 60, 65% a game. Um, you know, Tom Hickey play, takes the other, you know, 35% of the ruck and does a pretty good job, I think, too. He holds down the fort pretty well. So that's something that the Cats are definitely going to have to think about. Reese Downey will obviously come back in to try and negate that because you can't have Blitzel. It's gone up against Nat Nui and Tom Hickey. Um, yeah, I think Nick Nutt will be a massive, massive decisive factor in this game. I'm just worried a bit maybe West Coast might be a bit distracted by this whole Willie Rowley business. I don't know. They seem like they're a pretty professional club. They'll just, you know, yeah, they had their backs to the wall a fair bit last year and they battled through it. So I'm not quite sure whether that will affect him. But you know, I kind of get a feeling that, you know, something so close to the game, it could be a bit of a factor there. Willie, obviously, a much loved player in that system. Um, are you worried about that at all? Yeah, I definitely am, to be honest. Um, obviously, he would have flown across with the side. Um, you know, that would have been expecting for him to play. Um, it's obviously always a downer. Like, you see clubs, they get injuries, and obviously the injuries last year didn't really affect the West Coast when you know, guys like Shepard and stuff went down. But it was and you had the old Andrew Gaff thing as well. Yeah, the Andrew Gaff. Like, you can't, it's not perfect for your preparation at all because you're going to be thinking about it, thinking about a mate missing out, and you're not thinking fully about the game. So it's, it's definitely going to have an impact, but hopefully they can... Uh, through it. I mean, they have shown over recent years that they've been able to get through it. Um, the other player from West Coast who I really liked last week was um, Jamie Cripps. He kicked some great goals. His pressure was outstanding, and he's just the glue guy for that West Coast Eagles four line at the moment who are going along swimmingly. Yeah, he's in solid form, Cripper is. Um, at times, can be very, very selfish. That, you know, he's, he's, as an Eagles supporter, he can be very frustrating at times, uh, refuses to handle off, and Misses a fair few, but he kicked four goals. You can't complain about that on the weekend. A couple um, of nice snags in the boundary for you, mate, as well. Yeah, a couple of really nice ones there. Um, yeah, he's looking very solid. Kick one. Yeah, that set shot, the check in the boundary is pretty handy. Um, but yeah, he just, just wanted to pass off a bit more, to be honest. <laughs> mate, when he's on song, he's on song, Cripper. Um, it should be a cracker on Saturday... Oh, Friday night, sorry. Um, we did this last week. Um, who... Who do you think will win? How much buy? And um, what's going to happen in the game? Like, we'll, like someone will kick a certain amount of goals, someone will get a certain amount of touches. Um, if you get what I mean there. Yeah, I think I think West Coast will win. Um, I think we'll get the job done by about fifteen to twenty points. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm expecting I'm expecting Kenny to stand up again. I think he'll kick three or four. Um, it's not going to be easy against Stewart and Blitzers in the light this week, but I think he can stand up. Um, and I think Shuey again. I think Shuey's going to be hard to stop him. He'll help himself to another 30. 
Really great stuff. Um, I think West Coast will win this game. They'll win it by... Be close to me, I think. I think it'll be an 11-point win to the West Coast Eagles at the MCG. Um, in terms of um, what I think happened, I think the West Coast interceptors will be the difference. I think McGovern, Hearn, Barras, Shepard will absolutely clean up. I'll say the Eagles have... I can, between those four players, they have 25 intercept marks. Oh, that's a big call. Oh, maybe not 20. 20 intercept marks between those four players. I don't want to get too carried away, I think. McGovern will have a field day. The Cats like to, you know, kick it in high and long. I think they will suit the Eagles' defenders to a T. So that's what I reckon there. The West Coast Eagles' intercept defenders will be the difference on Friday night. hope so. And the other game up at the Gabba, it is the Brisbane Lions against the GWS Giants, who... Many had almost written off last week, and mate, from what they put together, you'd be very stupid to write off GWS. They're a very, very talented football club, and they showed that beautifully. The Dogs were absolutely no match. They won that game by over 50 points, and now I reckon they're more as good a chance as any to knock off the Lions at the Gabba and send them out in straight sets. Yeah, I'm actually picking the Giants here. I think they've just got a lot more finals experience. I saw Brisbane, obviously, they, they started well, and they actually... Really enough, performed uh, decently well in the first half in that semi uh, in that qualifying final for a first out performance. But do you know that you just you know they've been they've been they've copped it a lot in recent years for being too soft. But how they were hard as man. That was tough, out. man. That pressure was, that was just insane. Tough. Led by uh, Toby Green, and they obviously targeted uh, Bob Capelli as we all know. But that was doing everyone their tackles. They were laying their tackles, and they were making them hurt. Um, and yeah, the, the Bulldogs midfield was really bullied out of it. For sure, and I mean, it all started with their tagging performances, I think. Um, they sent Matt DeBoer to Marcus Bontempelli, and they sent Sam Reed to Lockie Hunter, and they were basically non-factors in that game on the weekend, and it seems like they've got the perfect opportunity to do something similar this week, I think. They'll put DeBoer onto Lockie Neal, and they'll chuck Sam Reed on the wing on Hugh McLuggage, who's a very, very good player out there, especially with Mitch, Rich Robinson out this week. Um, Hugh McLuggage has not, never been tagged in his career so far, so... I'm wishing to see how he handles it, and Lockie Neal should be shut down by Lock- by Matt DeBoer. So I think that really stops their, their drive through the middle of the ground, and that will definitely affect them. Um, the Lions this week, who, after a fast start, they were just overawed, I think, by the line, by the Tigers, and the occasion, I, I reckon, just got to them. To be honest, they were, they, were, they were brilliant in the first quarter, but once things stopped going their way, didn't go their way with the uh, goal-kicking and the like, they just, uh, they just stopped, and the clouds of the Tigers just took over. Yeah, that goal kicking, especially early, was just horrendous. Hard to watch. You know, you need to, especially against a side like the Tigers, you need to put scoreboard pressure on really early. I think they went on a run with 10 inside 50s in a row, but they just weren't hurting him on the scoreboard. And I think I was reading during the week, they had something like, that eight shots on goal from 40 metres or closer, and only drew one of them. One goal seven from eight shots, 40 metres or closer, which is horrendous. And I mean, they kicked eight goals, 17 in a final. Had one less score. Uh, they had three more scoring shots than Richmond and lost the game by what, 40, 47 points or something. Yeah, yeah, it was just um, it was just yeah, unforgivable as you say, mate. It was just um, yeah, it was no, no good. Um, they they really could have locked that game away at quarter time if they kicked straight and used their opportunities a bit more because they dominated the first you know quarter and a half of proceedings to the Brisbane Lions, but they didn't, and now they find themselves in real real danger of ending their season ending this week, which would be an absolute shame because they've been a a, a real good story this year, the Brisbane Lions, and I think the um, 
loss of Mitch Robinson will be huge to them. He's the heart and soul of that team. And yeah, um, the Giants have him. You know, the Giants are prime now. That week off really helped him. Yeah, and the, and like I say, Brisbane's record at the Gabba in finals is insane. It's I think it's their first loss in it was their first loss in eleven finals appearances at the Gabba. So for them to lose two in a row would be certainly going against history. Um, you can say that. Uh, obviously, it's hard considering probably eight or nine of those finals were part of the notorious, probably one of the teams of the last 60, 70 years of AFL football in the early 2000s. But, yeah, they're going to certainly need to bounce back. I think they've shown enough character throughout the year. Um, they've obviously beaten Geelong. Uh, they come from behind and won that game and beaten another, a couple of other top five teams. Um, so they've certainly got the capability, but it's just kind of handle that pressure um, and that heat early that GLS is going to be sure to bring. For sure. I mean, the Giants were obviously fantastic last week. And who do you think really who really stood out for you um, for GWS? I mean, obviously they had a number of massive contributors, but it was all pretty spread out. I reckon between that midfield, they were all absolutely superb. Yeah, they certainly were. Um, obviously, in that first half, Josh Kelly struggled, but his second half was sublime. Hit the scoreboard, hit kicked a couple of crucial crucial goals. He kicked three for the game, but two really important ones uh, to set the tone. To get that run on uh, seven or eight in a row, but I was I was really impressed with Whitfield again, outstanding, thirty touches, um, classy. Uh, struggled a bit with his bullies on the weekend. I thought I thought he butchered it a little bit, but he's just so important for that side. Uh, they missed him dearly throughout the year when he was out with injury. And another one as well, Jacob Jacob Hopper in that midfield, clearance beast, um, so underrated uh, alongside a lot of those bigger names. But uh, yes, he was another one that really impressed me. For sure. I mean, you've probably um, highlighted the uh, the real great contributors in the game as well. Um, I thought, yeah, as you said, you had um, Whitfield, Hopper, 30, 30 touches. Tim Tarano, 28. So Kelly had a big second half. The guy I want to mention as well, I thought was, who I thought was just outstanding. I mean, he didn't kick any goals, but kicked three behinds. But just influence. Whenever he got the ball, he was just, you know, just spark life into the team. And that was Brent Daniels, the... Uh, the youngster there, the small forward, mate, he's so clean around the stoppages and around the ball. It's just incredible. I mean, he uses the ball brilliantly because he's team in dangerous position. He gets it in dangerous positions. And though he doesn't get it all that much, I mean, he did get it a fair bit on the weekend. He's so damaging. And he could definitely be a bit of a, a point of difference for the Giants this final series. Teams don't really... Once he gets the ball, he's quick. They can't really tackle him. And I think he's been probably one of the most underrated players of the year. I really like what I've seen from him. Hainsey as well was fantastic on the weekend too. Another one for him, just racking up great performances. And yeah, I think the, the, the unsung heroes of the Giants are really carried them on the weekend. A lot of them were sore. A lot of Giants players were sore. That week off really helped them. They galvanized. Stephen Helio signed. And I reckon they are absolutely primed to have a big, big September. And this is a massive game in the history of the club. Yeah, and like you say, Daniels, he's played every game this year, which uh, surprises me because not many probably take enough notice of him. Sort of took that role from Giles Langdon, who's been injured a bit this year, and he's really uh, taken it with both hands. And the forward pressure he provides, like you say, he didn't hit the scoreboard on the weekend, but he still had a massive impact. Um, you know, if he can kick straight, eh? he could easily add three goals in the final, and uh, he comes into this game as certainly a massive X factor for the Giants. For sure, and I, but I think when you're talking X Factor and players who will have a massive influence on a finals match, I think the man for GWS this week is lucky to be there. But Toby Green, he's going to be, I reckon he's going to be the one for GWS this weekend. Mate, he's all, he's all class. He can play midfield forward anywhere he likes, and he's lucky. As I said before, he's lucky to be there. But I reckon he is going to be the man on Saturday night for GWS. 
Yeah, he, well, how big was that first quarter from Toby Green? Um, and he was the one that really, early on in that game, really set the tone for the Giants. They seem to, he seems to be a player that makes everyone else walk two feet taller. Um, it's cliche, but it's true. He does it every time he comes back from that side. Um, he's tough, he's hard, he's classy, can accumulate, can keep multiple goals. He's, he's seriously, weirdly enough, he's still still very underrated like in, in terms of the whole competition. Like There wouldn't be many players that have Toby Green in their top 15 or 20 players, but I think he certainly deserves to be in talks of that in the AFL. Um, and I can't see anyone really from the Giants uh, from the Lions stopping him. Like, who, who's, who's the ideal matchup for Toby Green? For sure. I mean, we saw what Darcy did to him last week. He absolutely tore him apart. Um, yeah, I mean, Hodgie's probably a bit too old and slow now. You've got Darcy Gardner, maybe, but they also have the Twin Towers in Cameron and Finn Lason they have to deal with. So I reckon, yeah, Leon Cameron should just take a leaf out of Harbick's book and say, all right, we've got our two key tours. They've got Adams and Andrews, who can probably, you know, lock them down. But they put Dusty down there, and they just completely screwed up their defensive um, you know, capabilities. So I think they'll look to put Toby Green in that Dusty role um, this week, and he could have massive influence. So he's the man, I think, for GWS. And um, just quickly, do you reckon he should be playing? I should be playing. I thought I thought that was enough. I, I just thought that was poor. Um, obviously, the camera work wasn't great. Well, it's always going to be hard anyway to find that sort of um, footage. But it, it's clear there's got to be an eye gouge in there, surely. Yeah, mate. It was pretty. I mean, going to the tribunal, I thought he was immediately getting weeks. So to see him not get weeks is a bit odd. But honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm happy he's playing because I really like watching him play. So I think, um, it, and it, 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 it'd be good for the game as well. So I'm happy that he's playing in that sense, but really in you know, the letter of the law, he probably shouldn't be out there. Just quickly before we get on to our predictions and things. So the Brisbane Lions, I haven't really touched on who you think will be the um, better side of there. Like who you think could really need to have a big one and step up? Well, I think he's been talked about the last couple of weeks and really struggled. But I think if there's any week where Cameron's going to stand up and, and keep going, it's going to be this week. I don't think... Similarly to Toby Green, I don't think the Giants have a really good matchup for Charlie Cameron. I think if they put shorter him, I think he's going to be lacking the leg speed. And also, Williams looks as though they're sort of a like-for-like player, speedy, um, really agile. But then they're going to, if they put him on Cameron, they're going to really uh, miss his rebound out of defence. And, and Cameron's not a player that you want to be trying to take on. You're going to be sticking with him all sort of games. So... It's going to be interesting to see what they do there. I think they'll start uh, Heath Shaw on him, but if he keeps goals early, um, they're going to be under severe pressure. Could it be a job for Nick Haynes? I mean, obviously, pretty similar player to Dylan Grimes. Could he spend some time on him, do you reckon? I don't know. I just don't think Haynes is... I, I, I don't think he's had enough success on those smaller types, generally. You know, he's, he's that rebounding sort of player, um, takes his back intercepts. Often they use him as the plus one. I just don't think he's that sort of shutdown player in my books. For sure. I mean, there's going to be a team effort for GWS, no worry, and no um, doubt about that. I mean, obviously, you got got um, the likes of, yeah, as you said, Heath Shaw, um, Zach Williams. I think, like, even um, players like Phil Davis, they probably all spent a bit of time on him. And, you know, it's definitely team effort this time in footy, but yeah, I think he's definitely going to be one player that Brizzy certainly will want to get going. Maybe for the Lions, I think the guy that they've really got to, you know, get up and about is... um. Dane's Orko, he had a good game on the weekend. I think he's going to be the difference. Lockie Neal will almost certainly be hampered by Matt DeBoer. And Hume Gluggage will have Sam Reid for company. So I think this is where the Lions captain can really step up and you know take ownership of this September, bring his team up with him. You know, there's a lot of, you know, 
Things, um, a lot of, you know, um, what was the word I'm trying to look for? A lot of challenges with this Brisbane midfield this week. With everything facing him, no Mitch Robinson. So I think this is where he can really stand up and, you know, cement himself as a great Brisbane Lions player. So I think Dane Zorko this week, um, watch out for him. And I think they've also got to get more out of these big forwards. Like Hipwood, Mitch Day, McInerney. Oh, yeah, Hipwood was embarrassing, wasn't he? Years, they've kicked three goals between them in the last three weeks. And that's just not enough for your big forwards. Like, we talk about Cameron, if he's not hitting the scoreboard... The Lions seriously do struggle to score. Um, you can probably rely on Zorko, Neil to probably kick one or I mean, two. Luggage has been very uh, good in that, in that as well. well but you, you can't be relying that week in, week out. You need your, you need your big fours at least one of set up and kick three or four. You can't be kicking one a week, one between them, like for the last three weeks. It's just unforgivable. So Hitwood's got to stand up. Um, no, it doesn't get easier for Hitwood. He can. It doesn't. With uh, Phil Davis for company this week, mate. He's an absolute jet, um, Phil Davis. So. Mate, he's, he's yeah, the he's, best one-on-one player in the competition. He is, no mate. Severe, severely he's underrated, Phil Davis. So I feel that, yeah, he's the one that will, um, he, he's, he's going to be tested again and he really needs to step up and, you know, just, you know, say, all right, this is a fun, just really take a final game apart, I reckon. Um, that's what you're going to do. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cracking. Yeah, I think it'll be the match of the final series, to be honest, between those two sides today. Match, match of the final series today. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. I think it'll be better than the Friday night game. For sure, and we'll get on to the uh, predictions now, mate. You uh, hinted at it before. Who are you going with? I'm going with the Giants. I think they'll prove too strong an attack. I think their forwards, if they can get the delivery, they're in too good a form to be stopped. Uh, and Brisbane, there's too many out-of-form players. In their four line, I don't think they'll be able to keep a winning score. I'm going to agree with you here, Dylan. I reckon that the Lions will lose. Um, I, really, that, I wouldn't have said this two weeks ago, but... The free finals buy, I've mentioned it a few times, has really helped UWS. Stephen Canelio's re-signing as well. has just given their, their places up and about. You, you wouldn't have said that a month ago, but they're definitely they're up and about now, GWS. They were brilliant against Bulldogs. I reckon they'll be brilliant again. The Lions, the Lions lose. GWS will win this game by 20-odd points. Oh, I forgot to ask you, what's, uh, what's going to happen, mate? What's your, your, what's your in-game prediction? In-game prediction? Well, I don't think it's going to be a game for big bags. I don't think... To see Cameron, I think Harris, Andrews, or Garden. I don't know which one will go to him. Um, I think Andrews will start on him. I can't think he's going to bag, but I think I think it's going to be Josh Kelly show. I think after a quiet first half, with 22 in the second half last week, I think he can have 30, 35 and keep, keep his up with it. Josh Kelly show. I love that. We all love Josh Kelly at his best. I'm going to go for. Jeremy Finlayson, I reckon he'll kick four. I reckon he had a great first final. He's back in form. He's a really hard matchup too because he's great um, on the ground, on ground level. I think Finlayson will have a big, will have a big one. I mean, four goals for Jeremy, and yeah, the Giants win. Big finals player, mate. He's turning into a big game player, Jeremy Finlayson. He is, mate. He gave the old shush to the crowd as well. Would you like that one? I, I didn't like it. I was shitty when that came on. I thought he looked like a bit of a knob. But That's a bit, a bit of personality, like, mate. I don't mind it. A bit of personality. A but bit the, of personality. It wobbled in. It just wobbled in. But We all know what the Bulldogs fans are like, mate. They're, they're pretty feral. They're probably yelling yelling stuff, mate. Just give them a bit of a shush. I don't mind. Yeah, it. I love it. It's, it's all right. And also, just quickly as well, um, quick shout-out to uh, to one of my favourites, Brett DeLivio, after injuring his calf in that final. We won't see him at AFL level Again, he's just been one of the all-time greats. Um, or not an all-time great, but one of my one of my all-time favourites, to be honest. But to do anything, return a game, kick a ball 60, take the pack mark, put the Jets on, he's, he's, he's done. 
Mate, hashtag no lids, no tigs. It was for a while there. He's an absolute star, <laughs> Brett Deledio. The number one draft pick. You, you've always loved him, Dylan. I know you've talked about him on a lot of occasions. Um, yeah, I really like his career. He hasn't written himself off for the grand final, mate. So you might just be jumping to conclusions there. I, don't, I can't see him coming back <laughs> in either way. I think Tomlinson comes back in this week and will lock his spot in. I thought there was just to be dropped, to be honest. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, Brett Deledio. Great career, and uh, hopefully he you know, finds some good stuff for him outside of footy, whether it's in coaching, media, um, wherever. He should be very, very um, you know, happy with what he's done for the game. We'll move on now to the segments, I believe. We'll go to the segments, then we'll talk about the cricket afterwards. Um, we'll go to the segments now, and, mate, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pot it up. I reckon Unsung Hero first, mate, if you're okay with that. Unsung Hero? Yeah, mate. We'll do it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so there was obviously... There's a small sample size this week. Um, we only had the four games to sort of look through. Um, and it, it was a hard, it was hard. You know, there's big performances from some big names in finals. There wasn't as many smaller lights really standing out. But I've, I've sort of, I've picked one. He's, he's not a small name in the AFL, but I think he was the best player on the ground in my books for Collingwood in their big win. And, and that's a controversial call, best player. You could probably name that five or six. I want to hear this. But, Jeremy Howe, I, I think he's been outstanding. I think he's a player who, if not to be in the All-Australian squad, everyone's stiff. He could have a 70-man squad, to be honest, by the time I sort of pick players out to be unlucky. But 13 marks uh, alongside old mate, what is, what's his name? Darcy Moore, that's the one. Um, they were intercepting everything that come in on the weekend. And he's really, since he's been at Collingwood, he's changed his career. He's gone from that flashy hanger sort of forward that keeps you know, struggle to kick a goal a game to a, one of the best defenders in the competition, uh, be it rebound, he can shut down players. Um, outstanding. Best best aerial marker of our time. In the history of the game, he has to be, undoubtedly. In 150 years, he's the best marker in the AFL. Um, just outstanding. And he's, he's crucial for Collingwood. For sure, yeah. Couldn't agree more, mate. Jeremy Howe kicked that nice long goal, didn't he, um, on the weekend too. So he's had a great, fi- great first finals um, game and hopefully... He can go all the way with the Pies this year. Great unsung hero, um, Jeremy Howe, for a number of years. Um, we're going now to what grind on my gears, mate. This is a pretty obvious one this week. I think you might know where I'm heading with this. Um, yesterday, there was something unveiled at, um, what's it called, Federation Square. Uh, Taylor Harris immortalised in bronze for that photo. I'm not, I'm not about it, mate. I'm not about that at all. I mean, I'm not being sexist or anything, but, mate, she's not really... The kind of talent I think that should be in one of in bronze, man. She's only played 22 games. Hasn't really set the world on fire. I'm, just, I'm not a fan, mate. It's make, it made me angry when I saw it. If any AFLW player should be immortalized in bronze, it's like Aaron Phillips, mate. It's just an absolute disgrace. She should be filthy. A lot of AF, like, players, AFL champions should be filthy with that, I reckon. So, yeah, no, not the, not the greatest move. And I think, yeah, it's just um, basically just there to rile some people up. I'm, not, I'm just not happy with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's poor. It's poor. It's, it's poor taste. Like it's, it's a PC brigade once again in full flight. Um, and, and people are trying to say it's a moment in footy. It's not the person. It's a moment. So like Michael Blackman said today, and like you say, we're not being sexy. It's just true. If it was a male or anything like that, it'd be the same. Um, Michael Blackman said, a player that played 22 games of you know AFLW gets a 
gets a statue for being trolled online. That's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's, it's a she's joke. Been, she's got a statue of being trolled online, and because of because of, essentially because a newspaper or whatever took an article down, took a photo down, so she gets a statue. Right? It's just poor taste. What are all these players that have gone through so much in their career? They've been trolled and had all these troubles, and what she comes along and you get a statue straight away. It's just yeah, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing, man. My view as well. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute joke. Yeah, absolute poor taste. Not a fan. So that's certainly grinding my gears. Not happy with that. And hopefully, yeah, just um, yeah, just stops. I don't know. Stop it somehow, mate. I don't know how to stop it, but stop it somehow. Get rid of it. Just put it up. Get rid of it. <laughs> put a fucking sheet over it and just dump it in the ocean. I don't know, mate. Just get rid of it. I'm not a fan. So yeah, that's what grinding my gears this week, mate. I'm not happy. That's a good start. I like it. I'm going now to the winners and losers of the week. Of course, in any form of sport, any form of life really we can do this for where got no limitations on this and um let you start mate um you got a winner or a loser yeah i'm gonna win it for this week a winner is, oh in the last you know seven or eight days and that's got to be timmy Payne. t Payne. The, the heat he received after that third test in that review and you know he's, the headlines where he's going to look cost australia the ashes first time in 18 years well, he, he's received as much seed as those for that test as well. The master stroke being on Rubbishagne when we, none of the balls, they couldn't buy a wicket for, you know, 10, 12 overs. Um, and he's come on, fourth ball. Got old, mate. Was it Le- he got Leach, didn't he? Was it Leachy got? Leachy got, yeah. Yeah, he got Leachy. Uh, master stroke from Timmy Payne. Um, credit where credit's due. Um, he's, uh, he's seriously been an outstanding leader for this country. Um, coming at hard times at the beginning of last year. Um, he, he'll do the Australian summer as well, at least. Um, I know he hasn't been making a run, but at the end of the day, he's a keeper. Made, um, made a nice 50 in that game, too. Very made a nice 50. 50. And then it came out and hit four fours and made a nice cameo at 23. Um, yeah, I just think that's yeah, the winner, winner for me. Yeah, great stuff there. Um, my winner of the week, man, there's been a, a, fair, a few um, candidates for this one this week. Um, yeah, it's tough. I reckon my winner of the week is just going to be Dusty, man. Six goals. He went forward, you know, changed up his role completely. Um, and yeah, it was just great stuff. I'm going to throw a dimmer in that sort of winner of the week as well to, you know, um, to, you know, idle on, you know, utilize that player and, you know, identify that was a weakness in Brisbane's defense, put him up there and it worked so well. Six goals, one on the game off his own boot, really. Absolutely outstanding stuff from Dusty, who could win another Brownlow, mate. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure they will, but he definitely will, will come hard at the end, that's for sure. Yeah, I think he, I don't know if he'll be winning the Brownlow, mate. He might poll the most, but he definitely won't be winning it. He he's not not eligible. Is he not eligible? Not eligible. He got started. He got that suspension. So hopefully oh. he doesn't poll poll the most votes. I didn't. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, Dusty. Well, yeah, if he doesn't win it, well, he could certainly poll the most votes there. Dustin Martin. That is for sure. Um, you got to lose this week, mate. Yeah, it's, it's got to be the package. He was disgusting on Thursday night. Clearly unfit, just had a poor attitude. He got he got some cheap kicks in the end, didn't kick a goal. It was just, oh, it was hard to watch from the package. For sure, mate. Jakey Stringer, he, he, he just looked lethargic, didn't he, mate? He didn't want to be there. He seriously he looked like he didn't want to be there. For sure. Um, and he's sure. had a good year, but yeah, he just lowered his colours. Lowered his colours? Yeah, for sure, mate. That is for sure. Um, my loser of the week this week is, um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with 
just Joe Root, mate, for getting that duck um, in the second innings there. First ball, Paddy Cummins ripped through him, and he's had a poor, he had a poor week. Didn't count him very well. The England side was just flat on those first two days. Can't work out how to get how to get Smith out. And, yeah, we'd be better right in the first innings, but second innings he was just, yeah, didn't want to look like he didn't want to be there. So, in the end, he's going to go a second Asher series now without retaining that earn, and looks like it'll be a third now going back to Australia. So, he's got to wait, and... Could his time as captain be over? We'll discuss that very shortly. Yeah, I think it's, it certainly has to be talked about. Sure. We'll go on now to the cricket part of our show. We'll have just have a chat about the last match and a bit into this one. Dylan, which is a bit of a change-up of the uh, format of the show, mate. How are you liking it? Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's going well. A bit um, pod. I'm looking forward to tonight. It's very pod, and it's good. It's casual, and I'm looking forward to tonight's... Uh, like Tess, even though I don't agree with uh, some of the changes that the Aussies have made, but we'll see how they go. Yeah, I mean, obviously the urn is is retained, which is just, you know, makes me very happy as an Australian cricket fan. The urn is finally retained on English soil, first time since 2001 there. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's great stuff to see um, that happen. And yeah, they've, they've made a change. Travis Head is out of the squad for Mitchell Marsh, who personally I... Very, very much dislike Mitchell Marsh. So, um, yeah, I'm just surprised that they made the change. I mean, winning side, I would have thought they'd just keep with it, but they're always on their toes. And he wouldn't, this uh, Mitchell Marsh you speak of, mate, he wouldn't happen to be from uh, WA, would he? Hey, is he? That's what I'm hearing. Is he? <laughs> he's not from where the coach is from. He's not, he's not good. being coached by the co- coach. Good, good best mates with JL. It's a joke. It's seriously a joke. How Travis Head, man. I know Head hasn't, Head hasn't made the runs in like this series. And, but he's still you know, been good, been, I think. I've liked what I've seen from him. He's been he's, he's done what he's had to do. You can't justify dropping him over, over Warner or over Harris. Over Warner. Warner does not necessarily this last test. You go out when it's... There's no pressure on this test, essentially, because the, 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 we've won the series, so there's less uh, a lot less pressure. He'll go out, make his quick fire, he'll, he'll change, change the replay, make his 55, and he'll be safe all summer, and he'll make pole and run against Sri Lanka and... Water saving. He just did not deserve this last test. For sure, I think. But I think... Bangkok, well, not Bangkok, but I probably would have bought Bangkok in action. Another WA black. Yeah, man. Bangkok, I think, probably would have been good because obviously Stuart Broad has just been terrorizing the left handers up the top of the order. So it makes sense to put a right hander in and just change it up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, Mitchell Marsh, man, the only real thing is they wanted him for his bowling, but his bowling is, hasn't been flashing test cricket, really, you know? Hasn't taken that many wickets. It's been pretty average. So, yeah, it's just a bit odd, I think, they would do that. I mean, Travis Head, as I said before, he's done what he's had to do. I like what I've seen from him. But, yeah, very interesting. And at least this, this test obviously doesn't mean as much. Obviously, Australia would love to win the series. Whole World Test Championship as well. Something that comes into a, into um into the equation now, which I think is good for the game. I mean, if a series is dead between... the series, Which means the series isn't dead until the last match as well. So I think that's good too. So I think that all comes into equation. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting game. In Pun? It really does wipe out the dead rubber. Like the, the, it does, yeah, for sure. There's always something to play for. Yeah, for sure. It'd be, it'd be, it's definitely going to be a good match, I think. Um, I think the Aussies will win this one. I mean, England will obviously be very demoralised. They've just um, you know, failed to regain the ashes on their home soil and... We've seen this a lot of times. I mean, it's happened a bit to Australia in recent times. I mean, you, you go down 2-1 and you can't retain the trophy. You just lose all motivation. Man, they have made a few changes. I do like the makeup of this England team a lot better, actually. 
than um, previous games. Um, obviously, with Sam Curran coming in and batting number seven, I think he's in there to do. Um, Chris Wokes back as well. They've dropped Jason Roy, I believe. So, yeah, it'd be good to see what they do. He's an exciting talent, Sam Curran. So, I certainly think that's a, a really good call from England. Um, yeah, they... Going, what is he, 21-22? Yeah. I think he make runs. I honestly reckon he make runs on this set. Yeah, he will, and he's taken quick as well. I honestly think it's just weird that he didn't play any uh, any part in the series yet, because he's an, he was that player of the series last summer in India, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was a big he's a big IPL man. He's he's a bit on the big buck, so he's he's, he's, he's a, a good player, and, uh, and he's not shy as well. He he, he likes a big occasion, so. Yeah, should have been in, in early, to be honest. I'm very excited to see what he can do there. But I think Australia do win this match. And one man really is just making a lot of difference is Steve Smith. I know a few weeks on the podcast you said that he's not quite in that best since Bradman. I'm echelon. He ready to retract that statement or not yet? Uh, no, he has to be right up there. I think by the time now, like looking at it, but not right now. If he's to retire right now, he's, you know, we're not looking in 10 years. and he's not, He won't be in the top three or four batters we mentioned, but you're like, like you're saying, two or three years time, he's, he's going to be using his fight. He's, 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 he's insane. Be... He's just incredible, yeah. man. They just can't get him Do out. Make runs again? Oh, I'm tempted to say no, but you just have to say yes. I mean, he's done it so many times. I mean, obviously, the law of averages suggests that eventually he's going to fail, but it just doesn't look like happening, does it? No. Nah. It's going to be I very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, can't, you couldn't justify not backing in because there's nothing there's no stats or anything to say to say wouldn't exactly it's, just, it's incredible mate it's just absolutely incredible so if Australia what 2 for 20 or 2 for 120 he would just come in about the same he would just be calm he would be composed and he would just make runs and they just can't deal with him um, the Pommies at the moment I'm very excited to see what he can do here can he get Bradman 304 runs um, probably not I reckon no. what about you no he won't be, he won't be getting that but Man, if he makes a double hundred in the first <laughs> innings, you never know. Yeah, he, he, he won't. He just won't. And uh, obviously, Australia, I think they're keeping the same bowling attack, are they? No, no they're going Siddle, I think. Are they going Siddle? Yeah, Siddle for Stark? I think so. That's the latest I've heard. Mm, he's the inside. He was, he was right on Don Pike, and he could be right here again. I'm hearing. So, yeah, I think Peter Siddle's got a good record at the Oval. He, you know, he dominated the test there four years ago. He's... I think Mitchell Stark probably quite wasn't as good as I would have hoped at Old Trafford. He did take a couple of crucial wickets in the first thing. He's got rid of Stokes and Bairstow. But uh, I think he, he sort of released the pressure a bit. Um, see when he came, like Cummins and Pattinson, Cummins and, sorry, Stark, which is, sorry, Cummins and, sorry, Cummins and Hazel were just, you know, brilliant on the spot, you know, gave up nothing. And then Mitchell Stark would come on and they'd just get a bit of a run on. So um, I'm, pretty, I'm happy to see Siddle back in. I do like Peter Siddle. He deserves his space. He's bowled really well. Like, he hasn't got a session where he's bowled poorly in this series. Played, yeah. When he played two games, and he didn't bowl poorly at all. So Exactly, yeah. I think Mitchell Stark is just a bit too streaky. And, yeah, I was worried about this happening. And he, and the thing is, though, he couldn't get the job done with the tail, too, in the second innings. And that's what they mainly brought him in for. So it makes sense that he makes way, I reckon. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously, one last point. Here, um, they're saying Pat Cummins is a chance of getting rested, but the man, he's just a workhorse, isn't he? He wants, he wants, he's hungry. He, he's, and he, he's like an old-fashioned bowler, mate. He's, he's gutsy. I know he's he just charges in. He charges in all day long, so hopefully he plays. 
Yeah, I'm very much hoping that he comes in there. But it'll be an interesting match. Starts at 8 p.m. tonight. Five days of cricket. Could you wait night? So hopefully Australia can claim the series 3-1 because they certainly deserve to, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do. And um, what about your, uh, your other mates, the Boomers, mate? They got the job done last night and they're into a semi-final. Oh, well mate, the and there's no ever. USA, no Serbia. Absolutely incredible. No, they're, they're as good a chance as uh, anyone at the moment, seriously. Yeah, for sure. Um... It would just be, yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited, mate, to be honest. Um, this team, I mean, Spain will be hard, and so will Argentina and France have come through. So it's not, it's not a given. There are some very good players on both sides, but, from, you know, the boomers are just flying at the moment. So very interesting stuff. Czech Republic was easy for him. This game against Spain, I think, decides it, though. Spain are yeah, a class act. They're certainly a class act, but they're no certainty. Obviously, the performance France put in, Last night, they're no certainty beating France the second time around. Yeah, I mean, France, yeah, France beat the US, didn't they? So, yeah, it's just going to be the Boomers have had a tough few tough games and they've come through them hard, though. So, whether that takes a toll, toll who knows? But it's going to be a very good tournament, and yeah, I'm hoping the Boomers can raise that trophy at the end of it. And that's on Friday night, I believe. Friday night, yeah, tomorrow night is yeah, every two days, so it'll be very, very exciting. If the Boomers win that, mate, that would be huge for basketball in this country. Ben Simmons comes into that team for the Olympics as well next year. Right on the Boomers are, I think, for a potential goal. Maybe a silver, probably not a gold, actually. US will definitely, you know, stack the team again. But, you know, it's just exciting times. Australian sports time well. And I, I can tell you, Simmons will be sitting, sitting at home uh, in Chile and he'll be certainly ruining... Uh, there'd be something... There'd be a part inside him ruining not being in this... Uh, World Cup, you know, I mean, Giannis, best player in the competition, he did it for his country, he stood up, he's on the big bucks, and he wanted to play for his country, um, very disappointing, honestly, that Simmons didn't play, um, you know, using excuses the NBA, they're the ones that play the big contracts, but all the soccer players do it, every other sport, they've got national prime, and they play in, the, play in these big tournaments, um, it's, at the end of the day, it's a World Cup for basketball, um, just, it is disappointing that he's not, that he's not there. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully we'll get to see him in the green and gold of the Olympics. But yeah, he'll be... He'd, the joke's on him, though, because the Boomers are doing very well without him. So he should be very, very jealous. Exactly right. For sure. I think that does us for down the line this week. Just one thing as well from us. Uh, obviously, the Danny Frawley tragedy on Monday afternoon was just... Uh, absolutely, yeah, it was just shocking, wasn't it, mate? Um, an absolute legend of footy and the media, so... From us both, just, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, yeah, condolences to the family, obviously. Uh, the girls there he's left behind, but it's just an absolutely sad moment in the history of the game, really. Certainly is. One of the, one of the all-time favourites in the media. Um, you know, they say they seem to say every time someone passed away that no one has a bad word to say about the bloke, but that's seriously true with uh, Danny Crawley. And um, I urge everyone, if they get the chance as well, to... To sort of reflect and have a look at, go on YouTube and type in the YouTube rub and you'll get to see thousands and thousands of clips of old uh, Triple M Saturday footy um, cuts. You know, they go for eight or nine minutes, most of them, and it's just all the uh, Triple M boys talking shit and Spud Foley is front and centre and a lot of that. So uh, definitely check all yeah, that out. Yeah, what a guy. Bounce as well. Um, just, yeah, absolutely great stuff. I mean, Bounce was just a highlight of my week, personally. Um, love... Love my footy. He's just an absolute... He was just an absolute stalwart of Fox footy and Triple M and it's just so sad. Media, obviously, watching that stuff on Monday night was hard. 
you know, the, everyone was just, yeah, it was just a very, very tough time. And this is where the footy community really galvanized together and hopefully, you know, look after each other because it's definitely a um, big issue. Everyone's got to talk and um, takes a lot, a lot of balls for people to come out and talk. So it certainly does. Um, hopefully, it does uh, you know, get some people to talk. No worries. Well, on that sad note, we say goodbye to you for this week. It's probably, I don't know, we don't need to talk about that. It's been a very, very good show. And next week, you know, a couple of weeks to go. Thank you very much, guys. No worries. Cheers.